Today on New Amsterdam Radio, we're talking about when your haters or detractors get all (laughs) bent out of shape when it comes to your work and what you can do to circumvent that. That happens right now. How's everyone doing out there in the internet, all over the world, broadcasting live, wherever you stream your podcast? My name is Slobo Voice. You're listening to New Amsterdam Radio, powered by NewAmsterdam.com. As always, thank you so much for listening to past episodes and sharing this content with your friends, families, and enemies. Greatly appreciated. And uh, if you guys always have a comment for this guy, that'd be me. I'm pointing to myself. You can't even see. You can follow me over at flopito.com. How is everyone doing? It's been a while since we last spoke. I know you guys are busy working on the next great idea, whether it's uh, your novel or your interesting and unique line of action figures. I get that. And it can be very, very difficult. Uh, Every day is a struggle with work life balance uh if you get to be one of the fortunate ones where your passion is your job then that may seem simpler but work life balance is challenging as it is and if you're doing something on the side as as you try to start that fire while paying those bills if you have a work life personal creative endeavor balance it could be more ungainly and that's something that we always discuss here all of us on some certain level are, are juggling all three even if you are one of the people that have your creative pursuit as a full-time job you're still trying to manage you right doctor's appointments dental appointments actually had a dentist appointment uh this past week uh it was supposed to be a routine cleaning i floss and i brushed and i was good to go and i almost got away with it but on the last pass of my cleaning there was a nub a decalcification if you will that was a precursor to a cavity and the and the, the dentist decided to operate right then and there so i understand how things can turn <laughs> on a dime when it comes to life and all that but again, as always, thank you so much for talking about the show, sharing the show. And if you have comments or questions or suggestions, that's always, always, always greatly appreciated. Uh, today, we are talking about uh, when your haters, when your detractors uh, come to your product or service very swiftly right after launch or debut with feedback. You know, if you are the kind of person that has something uh, that has a long um, arduous development process, I'm sure you incorporate some sort of testing, beta testing, focus groups, that sort of thing. And a lot of times you may think that it's it's pretty much going to be as perfect or even close to what you envisioned. Uh, but as soon as that, when you release something, there may be something that's critical or real world testing you couldn't recreate in a testing environment uh, arises very, very quickly and it's critical problems rear their ugly head and what you can do to circumvent that. I can be honest with you. I'm team iPhone. I have an iPhone. I I was actually a team Windows phone. If you can believe that, uh, I, I still think that it was the best interface uh, for a cellular phone, but no only has a Windows phone anymore. But this was interesting to me. Uh, about a year ago, uh, one of the biggest cell phone manufacturers, Samsung, an Android developer uh, or Android uh, user, operating system user on their devices, came out with a really, really bold design for on their phones. It was uh, it kind of it sounded self-explanatory. It was called the Samsung Galaxy Fold. And what this was, and you can check it out online if you have the chance, it's essentially a larger phone, a phablet, if you will, that you're able to um, 
unhinge and to make a larger screen, almost like a little mini tablet um, after unfolding it. So you can basically turn your tablet into a phablet, a phone tablet hybrid, which is a flick of the wrist. And the design was definitely bold uh, at the time. It used technology that I'm sure that if I jumped on a time machine and went back three, four, five years in the past, there'd be no way for me to explain how can you fold the screen? Does it break? Do you put it in your pocket? So many questions. And I, I remember about this time last year when it was released, it came with a lot of fanfare. Is this the future of devices? Not necessarily a phablet into a tablet, but if you can fold our phones, uh, because as human beings, we like the tactile feeling of folding a phone, right? There's a reason why flip phones exist even today, but even in movies, after most people went over to smartphones, because there's something very final of being like, goodbye, you know, goodbye, click, uh, as opposed to, uh, I had it with you, and the call button. It doesn't have the same ring to it. Uh, so yeah, you can imagine the research and development, the patents that had to go through this. Because you know Samsung is no stranger to the patent office rules and all that stuff. So you can imagine having all this uh, proprietary technology in a, in a nice package. So what happened? After it was released, uh, some people were testing it in the real world and they found some, uh, dare I say, critical errors, right? Critical defects. Uh, one of the ones that was noted, according to The Verge, uh, which is a site I visit fairly often. Is that sometimes some of the protective layering on the screens can be easily removed with a, a couple uh, uh, jabs of a fingernail. Uh, the quality wasn't as good. There was some gaps in the folding mechanism where dust and debris can settle in between them and cause screen damage. Uh, it basically was Murphy's Law, right? Because I'm sure when you're in a lab uh, where you're testing, you're not accounting for, you know, harried people reading their phones over their lunches or, or, or parents giving their phone to their kids to entertain themselves. And these are testing environments you really can't account for. So what we had was this idea, was this innovative design, but it came with a bunch of flaws. And, you know, there was a lot of things you can do in a situation. You could kill the line outright and say, oopsies. Uh, we saw that with other forms of technology, notably Google Glass, which is the, uh, the smart eyewear-enabled device that Google came out with and developed. They're instantly killed. Uh, you can wait to the normal product cycle and just count that first one as a working progress. But what we saw, what Samsung did, was really more of a quicker response and almost like it started into their second cycle uh, very quickly. Or maybe if you want to look at it from a visionary standpoint, they allotted, quote unquote, some post-development time for a 0.5 follow-up to the Galaxy Fold and try to eliminate some of the issues that was causing. For example, now that same protective film, the one that you can remove with a couple of jabs of your fingernails now wraps around the bezel, which makes it even more difficult for that to happen in real life. Uh, and the gap between both halves of the phone have been greatly reduced to minimize the, the instance of debris or dust or particles getting in between. And these are things that could have been waited for the next cycle, or these are things that could have been ignored outright. But Samsung, one, took the initiative to find out what was wrong and address it. And two, did it in such a timely manner that it was understood that, hey, look, this is part of the growth of this device. We have faith in the device because we're not killing the line. Uh, and we're also responding to what customers want. And actually... Money aside, uh, it definitely is a win-win as far as you know, long-term marketing, perception of the brand, and how people perceive quality products from that brand moving further down the line. What say you? 
What say you about your next project or endeavors, right? You created the best screenplay. It has action. It has romance. It has all the things you want. You got your writing group to go through it. They found some errors. You go out to your your Hollywood friends. You went to your non-Hollywood friends who quote-unquote just love movies. You think it's a perfect script. In fact, it's so perfect you've elected to shoot and film this movie, right? You filmed the movie and you got your... um, your focus groups and they have their response and then you can tweak the movie some more and then you release it. You think it's everything's perfect. You know, if you, if you like the movie, great. If you don't like the movie, great. But it's the best representation of what my story is. And then as soon as you release it, someone says, hey, look, this scene, this character, this set piece is offensive to me. It's triggering, right? What do you do? Do you address it? Do you let it go? Do you try to do some pickups and re, refilm the scene to make it less offensive? Uh, that's a very deep question. But let's say you make a toy. Uh, you make, so you make your action figures, like we mentioned before. You designed it. You tried all the ways to articulate and bend the action figure the best way you can. Um, you, it's, it's perfect. You hired some neighborhood kids to play with it. It's great. Uh, you release it, and it turns out people in uh, high-elevation cities realizes the, the glue between some of the pizza of the costume isn't as strong at high elevation and it pops off. Of course, you can tell them spitballing. But imagine when you come out with the product and it's great or a service and it's great or a creative project and it's great and your real-world audience finds some errors for it. Um, for example, I'll be honest with you. There's a time when New Amsterdam sold stationery, high quality stationery, and that was stress test to no end. I went to different factories. I tried to uh, to basically rip the book to shreds because it was important to me that the book was sturdy enough to sit, put in your back pocket so you can sit on it, or you can pull out pages if you want to. But if you pull out one page, it wouldn't uh, decrease the, it wouldn't compromise the integrity of the book itself. And most of the, I think 99% of people who have a new Amsterdam book uh, was fine with it. But I had one church group, if you can imagine that, one group of churchgoers that said, hey, look, every shipment of books we got, the things kept falling apart. And I could not replicate that in, in my testing area. I could not replicate that with other fans. I just couldn't do it. So I asked them to send me a video of how they're using the book. And it turns out uh, in, the, in the gutter, right, between where you would bind uh, the pages and the back of the book, they would try to jam their pens in there to, to hold uh, the pen in place so they can put uh, loose leaves of, of scripture or other written notes in the book and bound it like a textbook. So now, not only was the book overflowing with other papers and other cardboard, the, the pen was actually jabbed in the part that was holding the book together. And of course, that like affects the whole uh, integrity of the book itself. Now, unfortunately for me, this has a bad ending because that was towards the end of the life cycle of the line, line of notebooks. But imagine if I was Moleskine or imagine if I was a book company and there's an option there. I can say, hey, look, you're using the book wrong. Get over yourselves. <laughs> Don't do it like that and have a warning. Or you come up with a certain line of books that tailors to that market and say, hey, look, this is definitely designed for those people who use the book in this way. Or you can say, that's good to know when I'm making my next order or making my next line or collection, I can add that in there. Um, but definitely the, the options are there. So credit to Samsung for deciding to do that with their, their Galaxy Fold example. But you have multiple options as a creative person of just saying something, releasing it and saying that's the way it's going to be. 
saying if I decide to update this in the future, uh, I will and I, and I might, but I don't have a timetable, maybe for the sequel, maybe for when I get back to it, maybe if I feel like it needs to be revisited, I will. Or you can respond to, quote unquote, the haters in a timely fashion and go, thank you so much for your feedback. Uh, I'm going to come up with a solution as soon as I can. Now, each one of them have has their own pluses and minuses and advantages. It's really up to you to see which one is more important to you in that time being. For example, coming up with a quick solution uh, to address the problems may save face or may increase the perception of your brand, the quality of that brand, but then that may be a very expensive, not cost-effective endeavor altogether, which may end up costing you money in the short run, if not the long run. Because what if by the time you come out with a quickly updated second version, people are already have in their minds about the first version and they've moved on. And conversely, you can say, well, you know what, this is what I want to do. I'm not going to change or update it. And that may be a very cost-effective solution. And those who are happy with your product will be fine. But the the resistance to change or the perception of you ignoring uh, instances of gripes or constructive criticism can hurt your brand in long term. So it's really up to you to weigh the, the pros and cons of each reaction to a situation like that. But know that you have options and it doesn't have to be the same uh, solution to every problem, to every project, to every book, to every painting, to every action figure, to every whatever that uh, your creative project may be. Even if it's a movie or television show, you definitely have other ways of addressing this situation when your quote unquote haters has a quick and swift criticism of your product or service. I want to thank you so much for tuning into this edition of New Amsterdam Radio, powered by New Amsterdam. Please check out the website, newamsterdam.com. And if you want to follow me on the internet and on the interwebs, you can find me on Twitter, at FloboBoys, on Instagram, at FloBito, and FloBito.com. Again, make sure to share the show and tell your friends and enemies all about this program and all the other podcasts in this series. And until next time, of course, this city is yours. <laughs>